Hello from We Own This Town. This is The Hills Are Alive, a movie musical podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Kelsey. And today we are discussing the 2006 movie musical Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls. Um, based on, I think, a 1981 Broadway show. Yeah, another classic 80s musical. Uh-huh. The 80s were such a good time yes. for Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I guess before this we had discussed um, Phantom. Phantom. Um, from the 80s. And uh, Les Mis was from the 80s. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, we might be going there soon. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've hinted at that pretty heavily. Um, what else was in the 80s? Um, 80s was, um, uh, what was... I uh, mean, Cats. Was Miss Saigon 80s? Miss Saigon was 80s. Uh-huh. King and I was 80s. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah. 80s and 80s was like a heyday of like big production. It was like the, I guess like the first. Um, Wait, was the King and I in the 80s? It doesn't matter. I don't think King and I was 80s. It might have had a revival in the 80s. I think it might have come out before that though. But anyway, here we are. Dream Girls. Yes. Um, 2006 starring um, Beyonce. Yeah, just a, a small name you, uh-huh. you might recognize. Little old Beyonce. Um, introducing Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Who I had seen on, I watched that season of um, American Idol. And she was let go way too early. Yeah, she was, I think, seventh. Mm-hmm. So, she, yeah, she didn't do great. And I mean, I know Simon Cowell is... Simon Cowell, and he was a bit of a, a characterized, car- caricaturized Villain. Simon Cowell, yes. yeah, on um, American Idol. But he was like unusually, yeah. I feel cruel like, and wrong about her. I mean, and there was—I don't know—I don't want to get into like the bigger scope of American Idol, but I feel—I feel like they were didn't really treat um, incredible black female singers very well on that show it was pretty much it was very geared towards like kind of mediocre um pretty people except i mean okay kelly clarkson is incredible absolutely yes but Uh, she was the first winner and it's fair to say it's been going downhill ever since sure i mean who 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 do you have you've got kelly clarkson carrie underwood won i think those are their like big the big names that have come There's another out of there. girl that does a lot of Broadway stuff now. Um, she was on it, wasn't oh, she? Oh, Catherine McPhee. Yeah. Who married? Um, yeah. What's his name? That uh, guy, David Foster. David Foster. Yeah. She did. She did Waitress, right? Was she in Waitress? I thought she, she I wrote it. No, that was that's that uh, singer Sarah Bareilles. Oh. Catherine McPhee does something. Yeah, she she's done she's yeah she's done Broadway and stuff. But and she was American Idol, right? She I think she lost to Taylor Hicks, that, the gray-haired like, one, country guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was in that show Smash. Do you remember Smash? It was about yeah. I mean, it was about Broadway or something. Yeah, I I watched it, but I didn't I didn't really watch it. And you've got um, Fantasia. Yeah, she auditioned for Effie. Really? Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't, but isn't Effie supposed to be, like, a little on the chubbier side, though, right? 
Yeah, Jennifer Hudson actually gained weight for the role. Really? Yeah. 20 pounds. Well, she did a great job. Well, Beyonce lost 20 pounds. Really? Yeah, just for... She wanted to look older uh-huh. for the later scenes right. as Dina. So mm-hmm. she lost uh, lost 20 pounds. She talked a lot about doing that cayenne pepper, lemon, maple Oof, syrup or whatever it is. Diet. Cleanse. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I guess, like, if you're trying to drop weight really fast for a roll... And you're comfortable gaining it all back. I guess that's that is a right. way to I do mean, it. I mean, with any crash diet like that, like it's always going to come back. Right. As, as soon as you go back. Otherwise, to your old I would not endorse doing that to your body. Unless you're Beyonce and you're losing. Like just for real a quick, just real quick. <laughs> yeah, and you can like pay doctors to monitor your health. Yes, I think that Beyonce is kind of the unsung heroine of this production. She, hmm. I think she's incredible in it. I mean, I think she's great, and and I will say I remarked she's so much better than I remember her being. I think I probably was judging her a little too harshly because, right. A, I was, like, 18, and I knew everything, mm-hmm. and, B, I, I definitely thought of her as a pop star and... And not as an actress. Yeah, and then, I mean, not as much today, but, like, still today, like, I just roll my eyes whenever I hear that... A pop star is acting, or an actor has a band. Just right. Like, oh, give me a break. Thirty seconds to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like Jim- Jeremy Renner's band, whatever it's called. Oh, they, they probably do like blues rock or something. It is. Oh. It's all. It's always blues rock. It's always blues rock. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, Beyonce is legitimately good in this movie. And I recently saw a clip of her. She was in another. Um, movie about what was it called? It was called like something records. She played Etta James or something in it. Yeah, but I, I I know what you're talking about. But I saw a clip of her like in one of the scenes where she's like, I don't know, supposed to be like drunk or strung out or something, and she did a great, great job. Yeah, you know she she talks about this movie as being her first acting role mm-hmm. and she had been in movies she was foxy cleopatra yeah that wasn't i mean it wasn't a good austin powers movie and she wasn't great in no. it. but yeah she talks about this being her first real acting role and how she hired a coach and she worked really hard and it shows it does show yeah she did a great job is she my favorite in the movie no um how do you pronounce the actress's name who played um Laurel? Oh, um, shoot. What's her first name? I know it's her like middle Anika, name is... Anika? No- yeah, Anika Noni. Um, Rose. Anika Noni, Noni Rose. Rose yeah. yeah. So she had, like, just won a Tony a couple years before. Yeah. And I think... She, wasn't she... Isn't she the voice of um, Tiana in Princess oh, and the Frog? Is she? I think so, yeah. That's great. I love her. I love that. Um, who else do we got? We got Eddie Murphy playing Jimmy... Eddie Murphy is my favorite in this movie. He does a great like, job. Oh my gosh. Talk about surprise acting uh-huh. hits. And singing. Because this was the first time that Eddie Murphy had delved into like sort of a dramatic mm-hmm. role. 
And he's really, really good in it. He is really good. And I in mean, it. I I know <laughs> he wasn't a huge singer, but he did have what I believe was a number one hit. My girl likes to party, party all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was on Oprah. The whole cast was on Oprah. Um, I watched a little bit of it on YouTube. Unfortunately, the whole episode is not available. But he was on it, and she was remarking like. Uh, who knew you could sing like that? And he's like, well, I did put out a couple bullshit albums in the 80s. <laughs> and they were very popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, he, he is a really good singer. Uh-huh. Um, but I was blown away by his acting. I yeah. thought he was really, really good in it. And now I really want to go home and watch Dolomite Is My Name, because I still haven't seen that one. Well, one of the things that I read um, in just doing like... Uh, a little bit of research was that it was him and Jennifer Hudson. They were the ones that got like the most critical acclaim for this movie. Yeah. I've, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that tracks with how I watched it. And um, Jamie Foxx, very believable villain. He, yeah, he's great though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are he and Katie Holmes still together? I had no idea that they were what? in the first place. They've been together for like seven years. Really? A really long time. Yeah, they keep it super low-key. I had no idea. Super, super low-key. Like, they've never publicly talked about it. Mm -hmm. I think they've only ever done one red carpet together, and it was somewhat recently. But they might have broken up, and if they did, my heart really goes out to Katie Holmes. Mm. Surrey. Do do you remember, like, uh, this is probably like 2010, do you remember the the website Surrey's Burn Book? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like just barely it was just like pictures of surrey and her like and giving her like fake captions like shading other celebrity children yeah i think because i think there was a time where there were just a lot of memorable pictures of surrey cruz because she would always glare at the paparazzi she would glare and she was wearing like posh little outfits yeah and... well she yeah when she was like four she'd yeah. have like little kitten heels Mm -hmm. and a purse Mm -hmm. my friend's four-year-old almost four-year-old four-year-old i don't know she was carrying a purse around the other day and when we opened it up it was just like grass (laughs) well what am i gonna need i'm gonna need my grass i'm gonna need my lip gloss (laughs) um so who else is in the movie i think i mean we've touched on um most of like most of the um notable names you had in the that lounge scene, uh, there's an appearance from Loretta Devine, who played Laurel in the original. Yeah, so I'm a big old dummy because I I only knew that woman. I only knew Loretta Devine as um, Richard's wife on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I forget. I forgot. You're a. <laughs> what is is there a name for the Grey's Anatomy fandom? I don't. I don't know if there is. Grayheads. I mean, for a while, <laughs> I think girls like to call themselves like dark sister or like twisted sisters or something because uh-huh. that's like what Christina and Meredith called each other. Uh-huh. Like it's it's been on for so long, and I can't I can't stop watching it at this point. Is it in like the seventeenth, eighteenth season or something? I think seventeenth. Jesus. Yeah, it's. So much has happened to them. So Spe- much. Speaking of Grey's Anatomy, we watched Firefly Lane, and oh uh, yeah, 
It was pretty bad, we, but we did watch the whole thing. And it has um, Sarah Chalk and Dr. Stevens. Uh-huh. What's her real name? Catherine, Catherine. Heigl. Yeah. She, um, I think she was done, done dirty. Yeah, she was made out to be a sort of... Like um, a much bigger villain than she is. Like in real, in real life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, all I know is that, she, that there were, like, horror stories from her on set and stuff that she was... I don't think horror stories. She just, okay, she did say, I think the worst thing she did was she publicly said that she wanted to be withdrawn from consideration for a Golden Globe because she didn't feel like the writing that season, was the writing for her character was, like, worthy of an award. <laughs> Which is pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Like, that's pretty mean mm-hmm. to everybody that worked on the show with you. Right. And especially to the people that, you know, pretty much give you your, gave you your big break. But, like, to be shunned from the industry for one minor, I mean, for one one mistake mm-hmm. from a young actress. Was she one of the, I feel, she's one of the people throughout television history that has been asked to be killed off. Is that right? Was she was she killed that. off? No. Oh, she just left. She, yeah, I mean, she was fired. Right, but I mean, as far as like how they wrote that into the show. Yeah, she's. I mean, she came back a couple times, and it's currently still open where like she could theoretically come back, but there's so many storylines beyond her. Yeah, it just it wouldn't. They they could find a way to do it. Yeah. Anyway. So not to get on a. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy kick or whatever. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, we were talking about Loretta Devine. That's where you had known her from. Um, but Yeah. And that made, that made the song that she was singing so much more meaningful when you know that she was the first Lorelle. Yeah. She's singing about the character that her character uh, was in love with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this was... So the part originally was conceptualized, the part of Effie was conceptualized for Nell Carter, who was like a notable like TV actress pretty much at the time. Um, um, but she um, went on to do uh, some TV stuff instead of doing this show. She was in, first she was in Ryan's Hope, which was a soap opera at the time in 1978. And then when it actually came time to do it, they came back to her again, and she had taken a starring role in the sitcom Give Me a Break. So she couldn't mm. do it. And they kept um, coming back to Jennifer Holliday, who was the one who, who eventually did it. Um, but she had concerns about the role. She wanted to have a bigger part. And in the like original drafts, Effie was killed off at the end of the first act. You know who it's based upon, the role Effie? Um, it's one of the Supremes, right? Yeah. And she actually did die oh. pretty young. She mm-hmm. died at the age of 32. Wow. Her story's a lot more sad. Yeah. A lot sadder than Effie's. Um, I don't remember what the what her name was, though. The actual singer. Oh, Florence Ballard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's funny that, <laughs> that originally she wanted a bigger role um, because... Okay. So... This movie almost got made, 
a few different times. Uh-huh. And the first time that it was almost, like, they were going into pre-production talks. So the story goes that Whitney Houston was going to play Dina. Interesting. But Whitney also wanted to sing. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm telling, telling you. That I'm not going. <laughs> So she wanted the show to be rewritten so that Dina sings it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Which kind of, okay. Yeah, and so they were just like, never mind. <laughs> well, that's one of the things, I mean, even if it was Whitney or, you know, in Beyonce's case, the, the funny thing is that Dina's not supposed to be that good of a singer. Yeah, I think they they had to tell Beyonce to tone it down. Yeah. Take, take it back a couple notches. Yeah. Too good. Right. Except on Listen, which, of course... Is... Which was written for the movie. And guess who co-wrote it? Um, Beyonce. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she uh, was a co-writer of uh-huh. it. It's such a good song. I really... I would have thought that was in the original. And apparently, um, there were a couple of tours that she actually performed it on, which would have uh, been... that'd be cool. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jennifer Holiday, she, like... In the in the writing stages and workshopping stages, she kind of dropped in and out depending on how she was feeling. The role was going. They had um, at at one point had brought in Jennifer Lewis. Actually, who's she, that? Um, she is. Uh, she's done a lot of things. Most recently, she's been on uh, Blackish. She plays Bo's mother. Oh yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah. But she's okay. like an iconic actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but they brought her. She, they cast her in the in the um, uh, workshopping stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they brought Jennifer Holiday back, obviously, eventually. And that song actually um, won a Grammy. Oh. So they. When, I think didn't was it Listen that won one as well? Yes. Oh, for the for the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the way that they did the the cast album, they kind of they cut out a lot of the you know in between song. Basically, they separated it into like very digestible tracks and gave the songs um, more of like a pop treatment for that, which is why I think why it ended up being more successful as an album and then eventually a Grammy winner. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, how do you want to do you want to jump into a uh, a recap? Yeah, have we established yet written and directed mm. by Bill Condon? For this is the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Uh originally composed by and this is, you know, Broadway and movie. Mhm. Henry is it Krieger? Yeah, Krieger and Tom Ian. Yeah, I was really wondering how to pronounce. I just assume that's what it was. That's what e- it looks like. E-Y-E-N. Yes. Yeah. I was going to go with I-N as well, but mm-hmm. it could be a number of things. Uh-huh. Um, they did, for the movie, there was additional scoring by uh, Stephen Trask. Mm-hmm. And they, they did have people sort of like re retool the the music, but, you know, they still went off the, the music mm-hmm. in the book from... Krieger and Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, it was filmed at a budget of eighty million, making it a huge box office success. They did, I mean, just internationally, they did well over eighty million. I think. Uh, I think I don't have this written down, um, but I think that I had read a piece of uh, trivia that it was the 
It had the biggest budget of any movie that featured mostly African-American actors. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, at, at that point, never made. Yeah. I'm guessing that it's been surpassed since then with things like um, uh, Black Panther and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, with Black Panther, I would say <laughs> Obviously. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It shows that movie is super cool. Thank you for bringing in another MCU reference. <laughs> You're welcome. Once again. <laughs> um, but okay, so that's uh, those are your basics about the movie. So yeah. yeah, we can go ahead and do a recap. And and I should say, we're gonna we're gonna try and speed along. But there's so many montages. Yes. So I mean, and it's so it's hard to keep track. I texted you when I was watching it, just like. Uh, from scene to scene, because every song is kind of an, a chance in the movie to move the plot along through yeah. montages and just you know it's really interesting the way they do the songs in this movie. Like, it, I mean, it's it's definitely um, I don't know. It's kind of like a music biopic, mm-hmm. but I think if if you told me that it was a jukebox musical. I would believe you. I mean, obviously, it's not because all the songs are original. Right. But, but yeah, the way that they use music throughout, it's pretty rare that the characters sing to each other. It happens. Yes. Once or twice. But most of the time, they have a very realistic reason to already be singing. They're, yeah, they're, they're performing yeah, like the it's song. A, yeah. It's a backstage mm-hmm. musical. Yeah. Um. But, but there are sometimes um what is the what is the song when the when the boys are in the street and go into go into the bad or whatever step into the Yeah. And then um I mean, you know, the the climactic uh and I'm telling you Right. That I think that starts off where they're singing to each other. Right. But most of the time it's because they are recording a song or mm-hmm. you know, and and the the lyrics even though they aren't direct, I mean, they are still moving the plot along. They do have something to do with the plot. In yeah, they're cases. always, like, right on key. Yeah. I mean, not... <laughs> no pun intended. They're, like... They're, they fit thematically Absolutely. with what they're talking about. Yeah. So the the show itself actually won um, six Tony Awards. It didn't win Best Musical. I didn't look up who it lost to, but... Um, but it made it so that the that um, Krieger didn't win any Tonys for it, which is, Ouch. Which is sad because uh, Tom Ian won for the book. Mm. But they co-wrote the music, and the music the music didn't win, and the show didn't win. So Krieger didn't end you up know, winning anything for it. All I'm gonna say, and obviously there's a few standout songs, uh-huh. but for the most part, for me, the music is kind of forgettable. Yes, I'm, yeah. In fact, all freaking day, it's been driving me crazy because I've had music from the musical Hairspray. (laughs) Like, specifically that You Can't Stop the Beat song. Uh I don't know why. I guess because similar time periods. Yeah. And, like, American Bandstand, you know, kind of vibes. Totally. I don't, I'm not, I don't like that song. I mean, the song is fine. Mm-hmm. It's been in my head all day long. And when I try and recall music from Dreamgirls, nothing. You just hairspray. the motion of the... <laughs> exactly. 
Um, oh my god, I'm I'm feeling like a crazy person. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but oh, this is interesting. So for the Tonys, um, Jennifer Holiday and uh, what was the actress who played Shoot? The actress who played um, Dina, uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph. They were they were nominated nominated against each other in the leading actress category, and, oh. Je- and Jennifer Holiday won. Trying to recreate some, is that like a meta thing where they're <laughs> like when, oh, trying to mimic the movie? Like when musical? Betty Davis and um, what's her name from All About Eve were nominated well, against each other. Well, I was just thinking about like Effie and Dina no, yeah. going up against each no, other. No, I agree, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we had to go to Betty Davis. Think, sure, like, but it's a similar thing the re- because they're... But the, the reference was right there. Yes. It was like right in front of you. Yes. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that... Um, and I don't know how this... How, how they do this in movies, if it's like screen time or whatever, but why Jennifer Hudson was nominated for supporting actress. I mean, I think it's... Def- I think... I don't know. To me, that's clearly a supporting actress role. But would you say that Dina is a leading actress role? Yeah. Really? Yes, because Dina's in it throughout. Think, yeah, I guess there is kind of kind of a break where um, when Jennifer Hudson isn't in it as much, but then she comes back at the end, of course. Like Laurel, I wouldn't. I don't know what you'd call her. I think she's more than like a, like featured. a featured player, mm-hmm. but I don't know that. She would even like be able to qualify for a supporting actress mm-hmm. nomination. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I really like Laurel, by the way. Yeah, me too. They actually cut. She had a solo that they cut for the movie. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, because she only really gets one solo when she tells Jimmy that she's gonna leave him. And they sing together on that one song. Um, the one that Curtis didn't want to, when they wanted to change the sound. Uh, what is it oh, called? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Patience. Patience, That yeah. one was also added for the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Same. It's a really good song. And her voice um, sounds the strongest that it, it sounds throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I remember that moment, like, remarking, oh, wow, she's come a really long way mm-hmm. as a singer. Um. And then also Tony Award um, went to Clavant Derricks, who played Jimmy. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we can go to yeah. recap now. Let's go into recap, and then I'll talk about the movie awards when we're finished. Yeah. Um, so we open, you know, somewhere circa early 60s mm-hmm. uh, Detroit talent show. Yeah. And um, the first song that we hear is from a band or a girl group called the Stepsisters. So I didn't. They kept. Call, they only called them the Unstoppable Stepsisters. So I don't. I didn't know if that was their name or if they were just. They just. That's just what they referred to them as. Throughout. I don't know. I I pulled the track listing from the soundtrack. Yeah, so just on, on the soundtrack, it's Stepsisters. Yeah, yeah. Like the Unstoppable Stepsisters. But we meet Marty, played by Danny Glover, mm-hmm. backstage, trying to convince these two women, um, who I guess are Jimmy Early's background singers, uh-huh. to not leave, to right. stay on tour. It's obvious that they've been 
Um, One of them has been fooling around mm -hmm. with Jimmy, and he's done something to upset her, and once again, he's run off his mm -hmm. his background singers. I do like that the movie opens just with cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> no flutes. No, no, no flourishing flutes. We have cowbell instead. <laughs> it opens indoors. It's weird. Um, and but Dina, who is Beyonce, has is running late because she can't leave the house until her mom falls asleep. Right, right. Um, so yeah, they see these girls run up frantically, uh -huh. and then um, Jamie Fox, who plays Curtis, mm -hmm. he approaches Marty. Danny Glover's character offers him a cigarette and, and asks him if he's interested in hearing the sound of tomorrow. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's when the girls arrive in a panic. So then we cut back inside and now it's little Albert and the true tones. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Dina runs in. She like literally runs in to Curtis Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess, like, the show producer or, or showrunner or whatever, played by... Steve Urkel. Jillian White. Uh -huh. Yeah, I didn't notice him the first time yeah. I saw this movie. <laughs> um, fun... I don't, I don't know if you'd call that a cameo, but fun appearance from Steve. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and he says, well, the dream that's we're supposed to go on second. Mm -hmm. uh, Curtis convinces him, let the girls go on last. Yeah. So they're officially going to go on after Tiny Joe Dixon. Mm -hmm. So the Dreamettes and the stepsisters have a sort of Sharks versus Jets moment <laughs> backstage. Yeah, they give each other the eye. Uh-huh. The up and down, like, mm. And so what happens here? Do they, do the, do the Dreamettes see that the stepsisters are, are they wearing, like, the same wig or something? No, they just have, like, like similar, nicer, they yeah. just have a nicer look. They've got slightly more with the times wigs. Yeah. They have cuter, you know, they just look like better quality dresses. So they have this idea to turn their wigs around. Well, I think that uh, Dina just wants something that can make them stand out. Right. You know, and yeah, so she comes up with, let's turn our wigs around. It'll uh -huh. be sophisticated looking. Right. Um, it's it's not. No. <laughs> it, it doesn't look good. So Effie decides not to. Yeah, Effie turns it <laughs> right back around. Um, and and she, that's after Curtis comes in and says that they look just fine. Yeah. Um, and so they're waiting to go on stage, and um, Effie sees that a man is starting yeah, to get like a little BMC. bit handsy. Yeah, he's starting to get a little bit handsy with Dina. Yeah. And she stops him. Yeah, she shows up and says, excuse you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're introduced, but as the Cremets. The Cremets? Yeah, yeah, like that's oh, it's a... Like the Oneaters. Joke, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so they go on stage, they sing Move mm -hmm. as the Dreamettes. Uh-huh. Um, and backstage, we see Curtis and Marty shaking hands over some sort of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, Effie is stealing the show. She's performing. Right. She's performing. Boots the house down. Yeah. Um, but there's some sort of you know politics involved here, and they lose to um, what's Tiny Joe. Tiny Joe. Tiny Joe Dixon. Yeah. Curtis says out back to the MC, you know, like bet you five bucks the Dreamettes don't win, 
And he takes the money and says they weren't going to anyway. Yeah. Like, it had already been decided right. a long time ago. Right. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know what, what to make of that scene exactly. Like, maybe it's just foreshadowing, like, all of the payola that right. and he's like, he's... he gets involved in. But I didn't, I didn't totally understand, like, why... What we're meant to believe by this interaction. Yeah, like, why are you giving away your money? <laughs> why are you betting against your act? Like, what's going on here? Which they're not even really, like, his act. Not yet, right. So, yeah, so that's what I... I didn't... I don't know. Anyway, um, we don't have to spend all day trying to figure that out. Um, they, they in fact, lose. Yes. Yeah, Tiny Jadixon wins, and the girls are hanging out with Cece. Um, Cece is Effie's brother mm-hmm. and their songwriter. Mm-hmm. He's, like, largely based on Smokey Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I should mention Curtis is um, Barry, uh, Barry Gordy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, I mean... I think this is probably just to get out of any legal issues that, that they might have faced with this, but they deny fervently that it's based directly on anybody in particular. Yeah, they go Dick Wolf style. Yeah. Like, it's it may look like stuff you've seen, but it's not. It's right. fiction. Yeah. They say, whenever they're approached about it, they say that it was based on all of these girl groups, like an amalgamation of the girl groups at the time. Yeah, I, I have notes on it, um, so I'll, I'll talk about this later. Uh, I just want to make sure that I'm clear, but basically, um, the makers of the movie did wind up issuing an apology, at least to Barry Gordy, for the way that Curtis is portrayed in the film. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's been acknowledged by all parties pretty openly that yeah, it's it's Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson and mm-hmm. Diana Ross. Yeah. Um. So they're trying to get them to take a gig as background singers for this. Um, for Jimmy Early. This philandering singer, Jimmy Early, which yeah. w- which would be kind of a big break for them, but. They don't want to be background singers. Well, well Effie, Effie doesn't want to Effie be. Effie a... doesn't do backup. Right. Yeah. Um, Marty, yeah. Marty, Jimmy's manager, that's the deal that he's trying to reach, I guess, with Curtis backstage. Even though Curtis still doesn't, at the time, represent these girls. No. I think he he just knows a good opportunity when he sees right. one. He kind of, he sees, he, he sees their talent and finds a way to weasel himself in the middle of of making this deal between the Dreamettes yeah. and uh, Jimmy Early. He ultimately convinces Effie to just go with it. He says he'll look out for her. Mm-hmm. He'll make sure that she's not always going to be in the background. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm. We'll see if he keeps that promise. Men. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, she goes with it. And then Laurel gives us, like, the first of one of her many, like, charming and very funny lines where she says, um, this industry sure has a lot of ups and downs <laughs> in this business. Something yeah. to that effect. <laughs> um, so backstage, um... Uh, well, they they're now they're trying to get Jimmy to on board with them because he doesn't want he only does he only works with two background singers, not three. Oh yeah, and he, he, well when he sees him though, he's like, oh three will be just fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at, at the same time as he has that conversation with Marty, Marty's just trying to get him to like please stop 
like pursuing yeah romantic involvement with your background singers mm-hmm. um and then we get another really funny line from laurel when jimmy goes out there to meet them um he you know he does this this act where he gets down on his knees and and just you know acts like he's so overwhelmed by their beauty and Right. He he takes Laurel's hand and asks, "What can Jimmy Early do for you?" And she's like so overcome, but she finally lets out, "Like you could teach us the song." <laughs> charmed, I'm sure. It's very much like charmed, I'm sure. But they at least give Laurel like a little bit more brain power. Yes, and but this you know this is sort of foreshadowing there. Um, relationship to come oh yeah totally um but uh so he is like decides that they're he's going to teach them the songs yeah which is the song that you know we watch them the the montage i think Uh this is the first of many montages yeah there's lots of like (laughs) i call it the spinning newspaper montages you know what i mean (laughs) there's a couple in this movie but yeah um but they're singing fake your way to the top um, yeah. Which, before I looked at the track list, I assumed was called Round and Around. But it's not. It's not. And we see the girls leaving home. They're going on tour. They're on the bus. Um, shout out to the JFK tapestry hanging in uh, Dina's mom's house. Oh. Yeah. I didn't notice that. It's in the background. She like just leaves her mom a note. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, I mean they feature it pretty prominently. I, yeah. re- I recommend checking it out. Yeah, I didn't it's notice. It's a great that. little tapestry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, CC and Effie say goodbye to their dad, um, and then we cut to you know it's montage, so just a lot of different scenes. We cut to they're on stage and Jimmy and Laurel are making eyes at each other, mm-hmm. and uh, then they're on the bus. Uh huh. Lots of getting on and off the bus and performing on different stages. Yeah, but this bus scene is funny because Jimmy wants to go sit with Laurel. Oh, and then the... Is this like... It seems like like the bus mom or something. She's the tour mom. I think Jimmy... Or no, Curtis, I think, says it's either his aunt Mm -hmm. or his sister, maybe. I think it's his aunt, though. He says his aunt is going to come on the road and make sure that, like... Things stay above board. Yes, and yeah, she she stops him. Yeah, in he's, his she's tracks. like that's part. That's and, your part of the bus. That's and, their part of the bus. Yeah, she says this is Hollywood, and that's, that's Harlem. Right. That's right. <laughs> and you're not welcome in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just looks shocked. Like no one has talked to him that way in a yeah. very long time. Yeah, he doesn't get told no very often, but he takes Great. it. Acting from Eddie Murphy. Uh-huh. Um, but then eventually, um, Laurel is the one who sneaks up to Jimmy when everyone is yeah, asleep. Yeah, or back. It's always the back of the uh, bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she goes to the back of the bus and they start fooling around. But um, it ends with her asking Mr. Jimmy Early, aren't you married? He's like, yeah, but... Everybody knows I'm married. Yeah. Come on. And then she said, well, then you can take your married hands off of me. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, at this point, doesn't push it. She she yeah. goes back to the, her part of the bus. But he is undeterred. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we're at the jazz club. Yes. Montage over at the jazz club. And is this when Jimmy and Marty are talking about wanting a new sound? 
Um, this is when Dina and Effie are talking about boys. Oh, okay. And Dina says Effie needs to act like more reserved and quiet and shy because mm-hmm. men like a timid girl. Mm-hmm. And Effie's like, or no, because boys like a timid girl. And Effie's like, well, I don't want a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe so, that's not my point. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, Curtis comes over and I don't know, maybe they're a little tipsy. And Effie asks, uh, do you cheat? Like uh, Mr. Jimmy Early cheats, mm-hmm. and then he says he's divorced. And mm. anyways, that's when Effie and Curtis really start first, flirting with first, each other. Yeah, they start their flirtation there. Yeah, she invites him to sit down with them, but first, <clears throat> first he has to go over and talk to um, Marty mm-hmm. and Jimmy. Yes, and this is when they're talking about wanting a new sound. Sorry, yeah, I, I missed that note about um, Effie and Dina's conversation with, with Curtis. Right, yeah, so Curtis introduces um, Cece mm-hmm. to Marty and Jimmy, but Jimmy pretty much rejects him. Yes. Cece decides that he's going to play this song with the girls, just kind of like, oops, we're playing it while you're in the room. Yeah, and and so they hear it, they Mm -hmm. love it, and in the very next scene, Jimmy's recording it. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, Curtis's whole thing as a songwriter is, like, keep it simple, stupid, you know, like... Kiss. Just, like, writing simple hooks and stuff, you know, which hasn't... That's not what Jimmy's thing has been. Every time you say, keep it simple, stupid, you should end it with a... (laughs) Keep it simple, stupid. Um... (laughs) So there, so Anyways, then, that, yeah, the song is Cadillac Car. Yes, Cat, Cadillac Car. Yes, I'm trying to enunciate more. Uh, so then we get another montage, and this is like a climbing the charts montage. Yeah, it starts to get radio play. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're handing out a single with every car yeah. that they sell at the dealership. Mm-hmm. It moves up to number thirty-eight, um, but then dun 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 the. American Bandstand. Yeah, this little white group is covering it in a very um, oh my god, it's awful. Way. Yeah. It's so boring. It's so <laughs> slow. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even make sense for for the. I mean, they're like doing like a beach, uh, surfer vibe. Yeah, and, it, and doesn't, the it doesn't. Song that they're singing is not a surf rock song. No. It's just super duper boring. Um, Cece pulls into the dealership and asks Curtis, you know, what what is this? What can we do? What's going on? And um, I think that's when we go into step into step the bad, into the bad side, side. Yes, and we go straight into another montage. Yes. So it it was hard for me to figure out exactly what was going on here. It seems like they start they're selling all the cars and they're using the money to like gamble and make more money and it's and i think that what's going on is is curtis's sort of like payola scheme like paying yeah. ra- paying radio stations basically to play his songs at first yeah i thought maybe they're gambling the profits from the car sales i think they're just trying to show that they're either going through illegal sources or there's there's like some form of money laundering yeah. or they're dealing with the mob or it's just like something shady is happening. Something, I think that's all the scene is trying yeah, to establish. It's not exactly clear what is going on. Like 
Yeah, because they don't Why seem is like selling all the cars on the lot gonna help with the. I don't understand. Well, really, I think the but... selling the cars, like that aspect, is legit. Uh huh. And then the gambling, it's obviously under the table. They're not going to casinos. Right. But, but they're, but they're like, still, betting, like, but they're betting on fights and, you but know, I like wasn't going to sure, like, if they were even betting on the fights rather than, like, maybe they were backing, maybe they were being the bank to get a cut of something. Right. Because it didn't seem like Curtis to be that um, loose. Right. With the money that was clearly so important to them. Right. No matter what, what, what they've got here is a sort of payola scheme. They've raised money, and they're using that money to pay radio stations to play their songs. Yeah. Um, and so with this, and at the, at the conclusion of this montage, um, Step Into the Bad Side has gone number one. Number one. Mm-hmm. So in the next scene, um, that's when we hear uh, MLK's I Have a Dream speech. Uh-huh. Delivered in Detroit. And um, there is a record of it. Right. Um, there there was actually uh, a record of it that I think Motown put out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Curtis has decided to cut it on an LP. Or I don't know what you call it, an LP? Um, uh, I don't Whatever, know. Whatever, a vinyl. Yeah. And uh, Effie storms in and... I thought she was serious at first. I was like, what? She's, yeah. She is feigning outrage that... that He would give th- a this full-length album. Like, you're supporting these amateurs over your established acts. She says, like, he's not even a singer. Um, but, of course, she's just kidding around. And, yes. and she says that Curtis is a great man for, for putting the record out. Right. That's when we go to Love You, I Do. Mm-hmm. And this is another song that was added for the movie. Mm-hmm. So is this is it, is this kind of a is there a montage here showing yes. Curtis is having little moments with both Dina and Effie? Yeah. So uh, the first thing in the montage is we see Curtis hiring a new secretary. Um, of course, after she pops off all of her nails. Right. <laughs> but we see him hire Michelle, who yes. will be important later. Um, and then we cut to, um, yeah, the girls are sort of getting ready and, and Curtis sees Dina in a new dress and she does look phenomenal, but they sort of make eyes at each other mm-hmm. and it's clear that something is going on. Yes. Um, and then, uh, But eventually yeah. Effie is singing it, singing the song directly at Curtis. Curtis, but he still says that... It's not ready. Right. And they do have some this is the this is the first like time that you see them kissing. They have some Oh yeah, they kiss on the lips. Yeah, they have a couple of little small mouth kisses. Yeah, it's like this is the scene where it becomes clear that they're definitely together. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless he says the song is too too light. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he promises you won't always be back up. We'll find you something. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, just trust me, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so this is when I think uh, Curtis has the idea to break into, like, white markets and play um, what are traditionally white venues. 
And yeah. he's pitching this idea to Marty, who is against it. Yeah, Marty's been been out of town, and he feels like Curtis is just sort of taken over. He's been canceling dates. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, uh, Curtis is trying to convince Marty that Jimmy is good enough to play, I think it's the Paradise mm-hmm. in Miami. Mm-hmm. Marty doesn't believe that Jimmy's ever going to get booked there. Mm-hmm. Curtis says, in fact, he has an audition. And um, more or less, uh, it just becomes apparent that Marty and Curtis have different ways right. of managing um, as they're arguing over who gets to call the shots. I think that's when Jimmy... Uh, Sides with Curtis. Yeah, isn't that when Jimmy comes in? And I mean, he says he wants to work with both of them, right. essentially. But of course, Jimmy's also not going to turn down an opportunity like sure. the one that Curtis has come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marty is not buying it. He says, you can't have it all. Yeah. And Marty walks out, and that's basically the last we see of him for a while. Right, until, you know, late, way later on. Yeah. Um, um, but in the next scene, Jimmy is, in fact... They're playing the venue in Miami Beach. Which right. I think is, you said the paradise. Yeah. We get, uh, you know, some light racism. Just mm-hmm. some, ca- not light, but casual racism. Mm-hmm. From the MC comic guy. and Oh, yes. Yeah. And then. Um, Making a lot of um, race jokes. Yeah. Um, and but so they, so he ends up performing I Want You Baby. Yeah, yeah. And we also see uh, Curtis talking to a talent scout from American Bandstand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go into another montage. We have another montage. I want you, baby. Um, it's obvious that um, at this point uh, that Laurel and Jimmy have started to hook up. Do it. Yeah. Um, We're having S-E-X. And during this performance um, in Miami, he starts to, somewhere mid- midway through the song, he starts to get a little bit more he just, suggestive like, gets really physically. into it. Yes. He gets really into it, which the little, white people find very offensive. Yes. A little more, his movements become a little more pelvic. It's very alarming. <laughs> yes, and like oh a, a couple like gets up and leaves. He gyrated at me. Uh huh. Well, he, yeah, he start. He was like, he's like pointing at this lady in the front row. Yeah, like, I, I mean, want, I mean, which it's probably nothing that Elvis. No, no, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, I'm not saying that it is. It's shouldn't be objectionable. No, of course not. He's just interacting with the audience. But they're like, oh, no, he's telling this white lady that he wants her. And so they leave. Yeah. So backstage after the show, uh, Laurel is saying how she's a woman now. She's 18. She's lost her virginity to Jimmy. I wouldn't say it that way because who cares? Who cares about that? But she's, she's, uh, at this point, I was like, she's. She's only 18. I know. But they did it. They did it. And um, Effie comes in and she supports Laurel. She's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, she loves Jimmy the way I love Curtis. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know what? That is uh, Laurel's prerogative. So, yeah, I mean, the girls couldn't be, um, they're doing well. They're Mm -hmm. doing very well in this moment. And, And then Curtis comes in and says that. It's time. 
They're breaking out on yes. their own, and they couldn't be happier. Yes. Until. Until it's revealed that they Ugh. want, or Curtis wants, Dina to be the lead singer. Oi, they. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at first, Dina isn't fully on board. At first, I mean, she's she's mostly quiet, but she does, you know, speak up and say like she doesn't like, want to be yeah. the lead. She's um, like, I'm Effie's not as a good. Much better I'm singer. not as good as Effie. Yeah. Nobody disagrees with that, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when it becomes very apparent that this is about appearances. Yes. Um, I think the real blow is when Cece comes in and backs up Curtis. Yeah, and well, Effie Effie sings a little line. I don't know if it's a full song, but it's what What about me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Cece comes in and, and he's convincing her that the opportunity is bigger than just her. And I mean, okay, so like this is the first moment where we get, I guess, like major diva Effie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like her reaction in this scene is totally... It, it tracks it's, like, and, and it's warranted. I think. Yeah, you know, she, I agree. She was the she was the lead singer of this group and always had been. Yeah, she does have the stronger vocals. It is because Dina is just like cuter and more petite, and, and has a more and has a more quote unquote mainstream voice. That the kids, well, well, yeah, but I think it. For me, it's really about the fact that, like, the kids are watching people on TV these days. Right. And it's really just about the fact that Dina is um, conventionally thin and pretty. Right. Yeah. I I think that's all it really, really boils down to. Yes. Um, But, yeah, I think Cece is... I mean, Cece convinces her to go along with it, and convinces her to see to see it in a uh, see the what he views as the bigger picture of this. Right, like think about the group, not just about Effie. And so they all convince her by singing "We Are Family." Yeah, the song. And I mean, like he's well, I mean, not that song, but not the "We Are Family." What about I mean, it? It's like. I don't want to sing right now. Yeah. It's not the. It's not like the oh, it's Diana not, it, Ross no, song. It's, it's just no. family. Yeah. But yeah. the line is, "We are family." Um. So we go into like another. It's not really so much of a montage, but we go into family, mm-hmm. and um, we see the dreams. Like yeah. Oh oh yeah. Because Curtis. Mentioned they're not going to be the dreamettes anymore. They're going to be they're the just going to be the dreams because uh-huh. they're women. Laurel's like, see, I told you. Um, and the dreams debut with their new wigs and their new dresses and mm-hmm. their new choreography. At this the is crystal just like room. a little shout out though. Their choreography by Jolly Jenkins is the name that they say, and that was a direct reference to Charlie Atkins, oh. who was the like stage choreographer for the Supremes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just like a fun little, little. But fun, it's not based on them at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then the, yeah, we go into Dream Girls by the Dreams, right? Which is their like debut song as the Dreams is the uh, what would you call this eponymous? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> song. The, yeah. We, yeah, because it's not titular. Right. <laughs> I mean, the name of the song is is almost titular. It's, the name of the song is Dream Girls. Yes. 
Wait, I mean, that is the name of the movie. Yeah. So it is titular. Is it titular or eponymous? I it don't is know. both. <laughs> so this um, is where this is where I wrote down: Is Beyonce too good a singer for this role? I mean, obviously she's great in it, but um, anyway. But even Dina's mom in the audience says that she never thought that Dina had a great voice. Well, I mean, just yeah, I think comparatively, yeah, to Effie. Um, she also remarks that Curtis is talking about her like she's a commodity. Well, yeah, like he's, a product. A, he's like, she has quality. Yeah, she says, like, you talk about my daughter like she's a product. And yeah. his response is, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Let's go with that. So here we have another montage. <laughs> this is montage 44. Uh-huh, where it's another um, Another new spinning newspaper montage. They're going number one. Yeah, their single makes it all the way to the top. Uh-huh. The Ma- Dream Girls single. We've got magazine covers. you got Time, Life, or whatever. They also they travel to Europe. Um, they get a world tour. Yeah. And we, see, we also cut to Jimmy. Yeah. Who is going down a drug road. He's doing some coke. Doing a little bit of below. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, we get some... Uh, some like a press conference. Mm-hmm. Where Curtis puts the spotlight on Dina. It's like the first sort of instance where he keeps the other two girls in the background and says, let's bring up Miss Dina Jones. And this was... I think he calls her Miss Jones, which is another thing that happened with Diana. Yeah, like, both of these things are things that are, like, direct references to things that happened with with the Supremes. Yeah. Um, Diana Ross was, like, given order... Not, I don't want to say orders, but... She was, like, coached to be the primary... She was coached to be the spokesperson during press conferences to be the person that would speak up. Yeah, exactly. Spokesperson is what they call them. Yeah, and to be called um, Miss Ross. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, And then we have a little bit of a... uh, a context shot of the they're in the middle of the Detroit riots. Yeah, we get uh, some news footage of that, and then we cut to them recording the song "Heavy," or is it called "Heavy Heavy"? I couldn't I tell. It, I wrote down "Heavy Heavy." Yeah, they're recording that song like while the riots are going on, which is something again that they pulled from real life because mm-hmm. Motown records like did stay somewhat operational during the riots in '67. And I think. I'm pretty sure, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I think it was probably an attempt to distance themselves from the narrative of it being specifically about Motown or specifically about uh, Supremes, that in the stage show, they are based in Chicago. Yeah, that's true. And then they switched it. They switched it back to Detroit for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... Effie is feeling, you know, rightfully snubbed. So they're in the studio and she just keeps singing too loudly. Yeah, to the point where, I mean, Curtis comes in. I mean, Dina suggests, why don't we take a break? And he alludes to the fact that the album is already a month late. Yeah. So they have to push through and he he very sweetly, very manipulatively asks, come on, let's just, let's go ahead and finish it. But Effie is watching the way he talks with Dina. 
Right. So this is, you know, this is a, this is has double layers, which is first of all that Dina's getting all of the attention f- from the world for being the lead singer, and she's also getting all of the attention from Curtis, who, who had, is still with Effie. Right. Yeah. Um, Effie can tell that there's something going on. Uh, so on the next take, she just sings even louder, storms off midway yeah. through. And then when Curtis chases after her, she says loud enough for everyone to hear, like, we all know that you're sleeping with her. Yeah. She runs outside, and that's when um, we see there are riots actively going on Mm -hmm. while they're recording. And then she just says something like, you know, I don't feel so well, which is the first sign that, like, something is up with Effie. Yes. They don't make a big deal of it, but it's it's clear that there is something going on with Effie. And then... Um, so we cut to, like, rehearsals for their New Year's Eve performance. And right. Laurel and Dina are practicing without Effie. Um, and she is late because she has been at the doctor for something... For something. <laughs> well, I, you know, what could it be? You know, this is another trope. It's like almost as bad or maybe equally as bad as like if it's a movie pre like 1920 or 30. If somebody coughs, they have TB. If a woman goes to the doctor in the 1960s, she's pregnant. Yes. Basically, or like if, yes, I guess this doesn't happen in this movie, but like if a woman throws up. In a movie, she's definitely pregnant. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, more modern yes. today. <laughs> yeah. Like, if she goes to a doctor and it's, like, pre-80s yeah. pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Today, if she throws up, Definitely pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. Yes. Um. Um, so, she, so she shows up late to this rehearsal for their New Year's Eve performance. Yeah. Um, and... They're, like, trying to talk her down. They're like, no, you should just, if you don't feel well, you should just, you know, take, you know. They they know that she's been replaced. They haven't told her yet. And, you know, this is kind of all happening. And, and that's when Michelle walks out on stage with her, in the, her costume. Yeah. Oh, yes. yikes. Um, they go into It's All Over. Mm-hmm. And this is where Effie starts, like, this is the song we were talking about earlier, where it's one of the few songs where, like, they sing at each other. Yes. Um, And Effie basically just goes after everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's definitely a quote-unquote diva moment, and she maybe unfairly throws a few jabs. But But again, her reaction is pretty reasonable. And In also, she, she knows that she's pregnant with Curtis's baby, and nobody else knows that at this point. And right. And obviously, she's feeling emotional about that. I mean, yeah. It makes sense. And once she had figured out what had happened, like, that's why she came back and said, like, I'm, I'm feeling much better now. Because yeah. now she knows what's going on, and she feels like, okay, I'll just show back up. We'll do the show. Yeah. I'll tell Curtis. Everything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And then the exact opposite happens. Like, her world comes crashing down in that moment when she sees she's been replaced. Yeah. And this is when we come to the big number. Right. Which is, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's anything to really say about it. I mean, it's a great performance. Yeah, it's a total showstopper. We've all heard it. We've all seen it. 
It's incredible. I mean, it really is like Jennifer Hudson's song. Yes. I, I, I mean, know she it, didn't. I know it was Jennifer Holiday's at first, yeah. but it's Jennifer Hudson's. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it's one of those things where she won the Oscar for this song. Kind of like how Anne Hathaway won the Oscar for I Dreamed a Dream, you know? I, I think that that's true to a certain extent. Of course, like, Jennifer Hudson has way more screen time than Anne Hathaway had in Les Mis. Like, Anne Hathaway is only on screen for 13 minutes yeah. in Les Mis. But... And, and I do think that there's some, like, solid acting from Jennifer Hudson, especially when you consider this is her first role. I mean, this is her first big thing ever. But I don't think that the performance itself was Oscar-worthy without this per- sure. performance of this song. It, it, yeah. It may not have been. I mean, I think I'm willing to give you... I think I'm willing to give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that... Did it seem to you that the costuming in this seemed kind of 2006-ish? Oh, I loved the costuming. I mean, for the most part, I really liked it. But, you know, as far as, like, her, like, little tweed jacket and her, like, little ballet flats. And there there were there were a couple of things where I'm like, the, I do like the costuming, but there are a couple of things where I was like, it's obvious that this was costumed in with a 2006 lens. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, that's true. They did talk about that. Oh, really? But... Also, let me just tell you that in the second iteration of this movie, the one we saw as the third, in okay. the second version that almost came to be, uh-huh. they were going to have Joel Schumacher direct it. So if you want to talk about weird costume choices, <laughs> just be glad. That we didn't have the... The, the goth stylings of Joel Schumacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, um, I think the costumer's name was... I think it's Sharon Davis, uh, but, you know, I didn't write it down, and I'm not going to look it up. Um, so I could be wrong about that, but um, she was nominated for an Oscar for it. Okay. And, no, they did talk about how they didn't want it to look too uh, authentic 60s, too authentic 70s, because they didn't want audiences to be distracted. They didn't want it to look costumey. Exactly. Okay, well, that makes sense then that it was a choice. Yeah, I mean, I I thought they did a good job. I really liked it. I was watching it, and I don't know. There were some really good outfits. Sure. Just a lot of pieces that I, that I eyed, uh-huh. you know. So... Um, They've the group Sons Effie uh, now have this. Uh, they have a big break in Vegas at Caesar's Palace. Yes. Um, without Effie, and it's like a big production. They've got pyrotechnics. Um, yeah, this is love, uh, love, love me, baby. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's the opening of Act Two. Um, and they're then- doing love, love me, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. Or no, that's the Love, Love Me Baby is the end of end Act, of act one, 1. And then and Act and then, 2 opens up with I'm Somebody. I'm Somebody, yes. Yeah. Six years have passed. Exactly. Uh, Dina and, and Curtis are married. Yeah, so, well, Dina's watching. We Basically, we get our recap of the mm-hmm. past, what did you say, six, six years? Six years at this point, yeah. Um, I think like another three years pass in this during this 
portion, but yeah, at this one, it's six years. Yeah, there's we're watching a show. It's it's basically the equivalency of like a behind the music, uh, produced of course by Curtis. Mm-hmm. Dina's watching the screener, mm-hmm. and we establish, um, yes, like you said, it's been six years. But notably, on this TV story of their lives, they've completely rewritten the story to exclude Effie. Uh, yeah, it says they that make Michelle, it seem like, Michelle yeah. has been with them since the beginning. Exactly. And, and yeah. Um, yeah, we, like you, like you said, we see that she got married to Curtis, and she does look genuinely, like, happy when she reminisces over mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. Um, when they show the wedding footage, it, mm-hmm. it looks like they're really in love. But um, that kind of comes to a halt when she sees that he's released information uh, that she is doing this Cleopatra movie that she hasn't necessarily agreed to do. Right? Yeah, he's a lot more excited about it than she is. And this goes hand in hand with the movie Mahogany. Mm hmm which was, like, a Motown-produced movie. Uh, I think, like, Barry Cordy directed it, okay. actually. Yeah. And it starred Diana Ross, and, you know, the story goes, she she really didn't want to do it. She yeah. wasn't super interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it, it did well commercially or critically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, and then also in the montage, though, I think it's – or not the montage. In the but real. the real. Yeah. I think it's important to note they've also established that uh, Curtis's Rainbow Records has it, blown up. It's an empire at yeah. this point. Yes. He's, like, the most successful, it, like, black um, producer yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is this – do they show – is this when they show, like, the, the Jackson 5 knockoff, or is that later? Um, no, I think there is a, a brief clip of the Jackson 5 knockoff. What was their the name? The Campbell Collection. The Campbell Collection. Or Connection? Campbell Connection, I think, yes. I, yeah, I've got it written down later. Yeah. We also see that she lives in a huge mansion. And he says this really gross line to her. Um, I, think that, I think she says, like, I'm not 16 anymore, and he says... Well, you'll always be 16 to me. Oh, yeah. Um, that's... that's in, like, the... Ne- yeah, so we cut to the offices. Yeah. And there's an exec from Paramount, Paramount or an exec for the late... It doesn't matter. There's an executive guy. Mm-hmm. And he's informing Curtis Paramount isn't going to do the movie. They're yeah. not interested anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. And then a little bit later on, I mean, they talk about how, you know, how are we going to fund these movies anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, but Curtis is adamant that they're going to have Cleopatra starring his wife, yeah. Dina Jones. Miss Jones. They come up with a plan to do, like, the anniversary special. Mm-hmm. And they're going to use the profits from that to fund as many movies as they want to make. Yeah, And then... Yeah, he goes and meets up with um, with Dina in his office, and that's when she tells him that she's not like particularly on board yeah. with the Cleopatra movie. 
She doesn't, she never really has said no. Yeah, she doesn't, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. She doesn't, like, come out and just, like, flatly say no. But, yeah, it's obvious that she's not really. She says the line about, like, it would be ridiculous of me to play a 16-year-old. Yeah. And, yeah, that's when he, like you had said earlier. Gross. Yeah. He'll always be 16 to me. Yeah. Um, Um, Oh, yeah, and he sings. When I first saw you. Yeah. Yes. 16. Which also, though, I don't know, something I I couldn't really get over in this scene and this song is how, like, once again, it just completely rewrites history and excludes Effie. Because mm-hmm. obviously the first time he saw her, I mean, maybe all of that was true, but if it was, I mean, shit, he spent, what, six or seven years with Effie? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um yeah, it's like is he is he being truthful here, or is he just telling her what he thinks is going to appease her in or this is, moment? Or is he saying like he never really saw her until after? Which I doubt because, as has been established already, there's a lot of scenes where they're making eyes at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, and during this, I think we have a monta- another, another montage, another montage of her like. Photo shoots and stuff, which We're is kind of funny. 84 now. <laughs> 84 montages. Um, but yeah, so the, there's like a montage of her like being a star, doing her like photo shoots and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like him watching her. Yeah. Like leering at her. Yeah. During the photo shoot. And at one point he even like goes over to help like pose her. And... Yeah. And a number of these photos are hung up in their house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in their bedroom, it yeah. looks like a whole wall yeah. is like a photo print mural of yeah. her. I don't know. I didn't like this scene. I didn't think it was romantic. No, at all. And like, I don't know for if me, it's, it was kind of creepy. Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But the way Oprah talked about it made me <laughs> <laughs> made me think that she thought it was sweet, and I was like, oh, if Oprah thinks it's sweet, did I get it wrong? Yeah. So, um, Dina wants a baby. Oh, yeah, that whole scene basically just ends with her saying, like, just let me give you a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think that he... I don't know if it explains this or not, but I don't think that he wants just basically uh, for the sake of her career. But Um, then we immediately cut to his baby. Oh, yes. Like, the very next shot is of magic. Yes. While she's waiting, like... Okay, so Effie has gone to, like, a welfare office, Yeah, it's office, like an unemployment basically. office or something, yeah. And uh, we immediately cut to uh, magic sitting mm-hmm. there waiting on her mom. Yeah. Reading a book. Or not reading a book. And Effie is trying to apply for... Um, whether Just it's unemployment, unemployment or something. And they're like, well, have you applied for a job? And she's like, well, I'm not qualified for anything because I'm a singer. Yeah. Basically. Um, and she says that there's no dad around to help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we go to um, Cece playing a new song for Jimmy, and that's the song Patience. It's a good song. It's a really good song. It's a, the one of the songs that was added for the movie. Mm-hmm. When we talked about earlier, I was saying it's probably Laurel's strongest vocal performance. Mm-hmm. She just sounds like a lot deeper and richer. And yeah, I mean, she sounds great. It's a good song. It's one of my favorite songs. Same, yeah. 
Um, and we go into montage ninety eight. Yes, and there, but this is so it's Christmas time, and it's also obvious. Like everyone is kind of coupled off at this point. Yeah, because Jimmy is with. I mean, Jimmy is with Laurel. I mean, he's still married, but he he's ha- he has this on you know still has his relationship with Laurel, and it seems like, and I think Cece and Michelle are together. Was what it seems. Yeah, like. it looks. It looks to be. Yeah, they don't ever like say that explicitly. But they're but like they're... in the studio together, right? And so it's Christmas time. They're doing patience. I think. Yeah, this is another montage, and uh, Cece has sent Effie money that she's like. She's rejected. She's too proud to take. And then at the beginning, we also see Effie. She's on the bus, looking around at Detroit. Like it's still, at least their part of town is still. Um, pretty much destroyed it it never got rebuilt after the riots Mm -hmm. and even the dealership has been boarded up by now Mm -hmm. um just sort of showing like you know the difference in where she's living and what everybody else is doing right and um but yeah they're at the christmas party all the couples are hanging out together Mm -hmm. and they're listening to patience yes curtis doesn't like it no, he says that it's a message song, and he doesn't think that those um, yeah. sell very well. And and Laurel, and it's either Laurel or Michelle. I think it's Laurel. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, it's a message song, and it's the truth. Yeah. People are angry. I'm angry. My brother's in Vietnam. I mean, this is how people feel. Right. Yeah, he doesn't want to hear it. He says, don't worry. We'll come up with new material for you. Um. We cut to a little scene uh, in between here of, it's funny how it's just like, with these montages, like, uh, there's quick scene jumps, uh, but we're, I mean, technically we're still in this Christmas scene, but it jumps to a scene real quickly of Marty has come to see Effie. Oh, okay. Uh, But then we come back to Curtis, who says he doesn't want to do a a message song. Because before we're, yeah, before we're done with the party, um... Basically, Jimmy runs everybody off because he's going to do some heroin. Yeah. Well, he pulls out his little baggie, um, and you you kind of assume it's Coke again until, like, he pulls out, like, some foil or something, and it's like, okay, well, this has gone well, to another level. he starts rolling up his sleeve. Yeah, it goes to another level. Um, so everyone leaves. But, yeah, back in Detroit, Marty is talking to this guy, Max Washington. Mm-hmm. Who's, a, like, a club owner. Yes. So, yeah, Marty has gone to see Effie and sort of wants to represent her now. Yeah. Um, he's trying to get her some gigs. And he sort of tells... It's one of those things where he tells Effie that they want her. And he tells the club that she's desperate for work. So both of them think that they're auditioning for each other, kind of. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of being, um... She's a little difficult. Yeah, she's being a little bit difficult, and, um, I think Marty tells her that, um, you've always wanted all of the privileges with none of the responsibilities. Yeah, he knows just how to push her. Yeah. Um, and she starts singing this song, which is really great, I Am Changing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it, again, this is one of those moments where uh, she has a plausible reason to be singing. She doesn't just break out in song, but right. she's also singing exactly 
what the character is going through, what right. the audience needs to know about the character. Right. It is the song that she's performing on the stage, but it also d- directly relates to her character's experience. Right. And so as she's performing, um, or not as she's performing, but I guess after the performance, um, or like during, we fast forward to her in front of an audience. Yeah, she got the job. Yeah. And then um, after the song, we cut to the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in <laughs> Los Angeles, California uh-huh. for the Rainbow Records 10th anniversary special, The Sound of Tomorrow. That's a callback <laughs> to earlier in the film oh. when Curtis approached Marty and said, Hey, you want to hear The Sound of Tomorrow? Uh-huh. 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 He's branded his idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, the Campbell Connection. Campbell Connection. The Jackson 5. Yeah. The not-so-subtle reference. So, and, La- and Laurel is trying to get Jimmy to tell his wife about them, which, of course, he says he's going to do, but, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, basically, um... He also reveals that his wife is, in fact, there. Yeah. Melba. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, it's it's not even so much the fact that he's still with his wife. It's obviously a problem for Laurel. Right. But when she finds out that Melba is there, yeah. that's when he's gone too far. Yeah. Like, now she's in her world, mm-hmm. and that is not okay. Yeah. Um, so now Jimmy is performing I Meant You No Harm. Oh, my God. When he goes into... Jimmy's rap. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Jimmy's rap on the soundtrack, but it's really more of a funk. Yeah. Uh, a funk performance. So, he's, yeah, he's kind of playing this, like, low-key song, and he stops them in the middle of it and gets the band to play this funky beat. It's so good. Uh-huh. It's so good. Eddie Murphy is so good. The song is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I really can't get enough of Eddie Murphy in this movie. Yeah. Um, until he takes it, like, just a little bit too far. Like, I don't know. I feel like surely this must be... It's fun till it's not. Right. It's fun until he takes his pants off. (laughs) I didn't even, like, totally understand, like, why... I guess just because he's, like, super high on heroin and yeah. feels like it would be fun to take his pants off. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't have... he says, Jimmy's got soul. I didn't have time to look it up, but I I was thinking, like, that's just such a weird thing. Like a specific thing to not be based on something real. It surely must be something real. Yeah. yeah but I don't know. So, if anybody knows, like, Instagram us or something. So, and this is... So, this is the last straw for Curtis. Oh, yeah, Curtis is pissed, even though the crowd is loving it. Yeah. And it's not like they're, I mean, this is the the Rainbow Records review. I mean, it's not a crowd that's going to be, like, super Yeah, this isn't the crowd, yeah, this isn't the crowd of years earlier. Right, and it's not, but it's, and it's not the, yeah, it's not the Miami white crowd, you know. No, they're living it up, this crowd. They're into it, they're into it. Um, but yeah, Curtis says he's made a fool of himself. He says it's over. Jimmy thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then Laurel, even Laurel leaves him. Yeah, she says, Laurel loves Jimmy, but Laurel and Jimmy are through. Right. 
Um, and he turns around and sees Melba there, and it's it's unclear how much Melba has yeah, witnessed, how long but he, like, we don't really go back to it. Right, but you don't know how long she's been standing there. Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't matter, because we mm-hmm. never see Melba again. Um, then we go, oh, yeah, so Laurel, she walks away because, I mean, she is walking away from him, but also she, like, has to go perform. Yeah. On stage. And they um, sing, is this like a reprise family. of We Are fam- Yeah, Family. Yeah. And um, backstage during that song, Jimmy is being escorted out yeah. by security. And then this, I think this was director's cut only, which I watched. Oh, you watched the director's cut. I did. Okay. Um, it's really not much. They just have like extended musical numbers. It's oh, only okay. 10 minutes longer. Okay. But we there is a song called Jimmy Don't Crawl. Mm. And it's really only like two lines mm-hmm. that Jimmy sings. But basically the sound on stage cuts out. We go to like Jimmy's inner monologue. And he sings these couple of lines of Jimmy Don't Crawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we cut to Dina meeting with the movie executives. Right. Who is John Lithgow and John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yes. Okay, look. I've been thinking a lot about John Krasinski. And Emily Blunt. <laughs> and I, I do like them. I've, like, kind of felt bad ever since I said that Stanley Tucci and her sister are cooler. I, I mean, I, I stand mean, it's by. probably true. <laughs> but still, like, I, I like Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. I do. I think they're charming. I think they're fine. Yeah. I don't, they, think, they, I don't think they've ever done they anything. They get into prank wars with Jimmy Kimmel. I don't it looks think, fun. I don't think they've ever done anything that's been, like, explicitly bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to watch Jack Ryan. No. But, like, good for them. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Jack Ryan is that it's just, like, another show about, like, Middle Eastern terrorists. And it's, you know, whatever. We don't like, have to go I there. I am legit excited for A Quiet Place, too. Okay. But mostly because of Killian Murphy. Oh. But also, I mean, the first way, it's good. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Y- you know, watch it. Form your own opinions. Okay. Um, so they're <laughs> yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to, they want, they John want. John Krasinski's in it. <laughs> yes. They're, then they play Jerry and Sam, who yeah, are. Yeah, Sam is the screenwriter. Yeah. And then John, like, more importantly than John Krasinski is John Lithgow. Yeah. Uh, I love John Lithgow. But Anything he does. But they're pitching this this uh, role to Dina. Which, That's gritty. Yeah, it's it, it would be like more of a departure for her, more of a... Uh, it's it something apparently that, involves some sexual uh, themes. Mm-hmm. But she thinks that this kind of role, she'll be taken more seriously as an actress than, you know, whatever the Cleopatra movie was going to be. Right. And she makes it clear that uh, there's a reason why Curtis isn't there. Mm-hmm. That she is purposefully chosen not to involve him. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I just wrote down Cece and Curtis are fighting. I didn't wrote, write down what it was about. Do you remember what this is about? So at the Rainbow offices, they're listening to a new single. Mm-hmm. And um, Cece is unhappy with the edit. Yes. I mean, he wrote the song, and he's saying that Curtis has taken out all of the soul. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's basically he he's basically had enough, and he's not willing to tolerate disco, which is the direction right. that Curtis is very clearly headed in. Yes. 
And, um, yeah. Is this when... Um, he He's walking out when Laurel comes in screaming. Yes. And you see, and there's like a bunch of, a number of people having uh, breakdowns in the offices because the news has come in. That Jimmy has died. Yes. Jimmy has yes. overdosed uh, on heroin. Yeah. Which is a huge bummer. He was found in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Something that uh, is all too frequent mm-hmm. even today. So Cece goes to see Effie um, at her apartment, and... Well, and I'll just say, like, before that, like, Curtis and Cece stop fighting momentarily. Sure, yeah. But even even after the news, you know, they're watching together, they're all having a drink together. Mm -hmm. Even after the news, Cece is still adamant that he's walking away. Yeah. And then Curtis tries to stop Michelle, and Michelle... I mean, I don't think it's even so much in solidarity. She says she's quitting, too. Yeah. I mean, it is in solidarity, but it's also, like, for herself. Yes. Yeah, and still in in solidarity, you know, because it's assumed that she and Cece are together. Yeah, they're definitely together. Um, But, yeah, Cece goes to Detroit for the wake. Yes. We cut to Effie is explaining to Magic what a wake is. What a wake is, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Magic opens the door... And sees Cece, whom she's never met before. Yeah, and he says, I'm your uncle, right? He he doesn't, I don't think so. Like, as soon as Effie sees him, she turns around. She runs away. And then Magic asks, who was that uh, oh, to okay. her grandfather? Oh, yeah, yeah, And the yes, grandfather yes, yes, yes. says that, that it was your uncle. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the wake is when we get the performance from Loretta Devine, the original Laurel. Singing I Miss You. I Miss You, Old Friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that song, Cece approaches Effie and tries to apologize. He basically just says, I was young, mm-hmm. and I made a huge mistake, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and he promises to, well, he says he wants to keep his old promise. Yeah. Which was to write her a hit song. Yeah. And so he wants to pitch her this song, which is, uh, One Night Only, which is sort of, you know, it's a really beautiful, slow, brooding song in this iteration. Yeah, there's also, there's another song that I think is, like, a director's cut mm-hmm. song. It's just called Effie Sing My Song. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, then the one night only uh, montage. And it's doing, you know, fairly well locally. You know, you get a little montage of it doing pretty well. Did you, did you mention how they show Jimmy, I mean, like, being laid to rest in the ground? There's, like, a surprisingly small crowd there. Yeah, it's interesting. I assume it's just because it, the weather was awful and it was in Detroit. Yeah. But it was, like, a very small crowd. Mm-hmm. For, I, I mean, he seemed to be pretty, pretty big star. Pretty big, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. We see that song getting some play on the radio stations. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, she's performing it at the club. And CCC's, CCC's, <laughs> these, like, these guys walk in that I, I guess they're, like, label executives or I, I don't. It's 
It's spies. unclear who they are, but they look unfriendly. Yes. They don't look pleasant. Mm-hmm. So right after this is when, you know, word has gotten back to Curtis. Yeah, we cut to Wayne playing the song for Curtis. Yes. And they're trying to figure out a way to, like, stop this from happening because CeCe is still under contract with them. They're like, if, well, he since he's under contract with us, we own whatever he writes. So we can, we have, you know, inherit, inherent um, royalties. royalties and are able to steal this song if we want to. Yeah. And, and Wayne pushes back. He's like, look, this is Effie's big break. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You got to back off. And this, yeah, this uh, is when Curtis. This is business. This is when Curtis becomes like absolutely true villainous. Villain. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's business. It's not personal. Yes. So. Um, but this is but this is his basically his foray into disco. Yeah, and the next scene we see uh, Miss Jones mm-hmm. and um, the dreams. Yeah. Singing the disco version of the song. Yes. Yeah. Which is good, too. I mean, it is good. I really <laughs> love... I mean, this is like when we get really big Diana Ross vibes. Yes. The hair, and the this is one of like It's beautiful. It's all beautiful. When you talk about, like, the songs from this, from this musical not being super memorable, this is not one of them. This one is... This one is a little earworm. Yeah, no, agreed. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, so back at home, Dina and Curtis are having dinner. Mm-hmm. They're talking about Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes it known that he knows he about knows... her meeting with John Krasinski and John Lithgow. Yeah. He's, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, those are three standout people. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, he's just hes just a dick, this whole conversation. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just getting more and more. He's like, you can't do anything without my approval, not yeah, he contractually. Says, and he just is, like, really just making jabs, like saying things that he knows intentionally will hurt her. Yeah. He says that he chose her to sing lead because her voice has no personality. Ouch. You know, it's... And then at the very end, he says, I forgive you. Ugh, which gross. is just like, ooh. But basically, know. he's telling her that he has her trapped in a contract, you know. But then we go into the song, Listen. Which, whoo. So good. So good. Yeah, this is the one that I couldn't believe wasn't in the original because it is so good. Yeah. It's the song where Beyonce gets to sing like Beyonce. It's so good. Yeah, it really, it really is in, an incredibly strong musical number, mm-hmm. and we get the next montage. Yeah, there's montages of her sort of coming to terms with um, the fact that her relationship with Curtis is gonna end. Yeah, we also see that Curtis got his movie made. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see Dina because she's coming to terms with the fact that. She and Curtis are done. She's going through his things. And and it's not really totally clear in this moment, but it becomes clear what she's doing, which is gathering dirt on him to send to Effie because she finds out that they stole the song. Yeah, she finds the little uh, 45. The single, yeah. yeah. She finds out they stole it. She calls her crying. Yeah. 
And then she collects all this stuff and sends it directly to Effie. Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff is the evidence against Curtis. Right. And so Marty and Cece are in on this, too. And they're going to the feds with the information with their lawyers. Or they threaten to. Right. Yes. Yeah. They say, if if you don't make this right, that's what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, and this is all about, you know, the payola operation and everything. Yeah, um, I mean, there's other allegations, too, like yeah. using mob money and right. all this other stuff. While they're in that meeting, Dina's talking with Effie. Effie reveals that she has a kid. And she's like, she's going to be nine. So which it's obvious. Which becomes clear to Dina whose child yeah. it is. Right. But says Curtis doesn't know. Curtis comes in, is again, total dick. Yeah. And um, But she gets sort of the last laugh. She says, he says, you know, you haven't changed um, in a mean way. Yeah. And she says, neither of you, except you could stand to lose a few pounds. Ooh. Uh, which is a callback to something awful he had said to her before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think after this, we're getting pretty close to the end. Yeah, we're not so there. they're... So because of uh the leverage that they're that they get with these um with all this evidence they are able to release Effie's version of one night only nationwide yes um and uh Dina has decided to officially leave Curtis yeah um he comes home and it's obvious that she's packing and her mom shows up to pick her up yeah and they leave and then we get to the farewell performance. Dina of... and the Dreams are having their farewell performance. Yep. Um, the Curtis walks the red carpet with this new artist, Tanya or Tania. I, I wrote it down, but I can't. Because re- the point is, nobody cares. It yeah. doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, this is so-and-so. And they're like, oh, no, there's, you know, they, they quickly yeah. leave him in the dust on the red carpet. Nobody cares. Yeah. Inside... We have Dina and Michelle and Laurel come out and they perform Hard to Say Goodbye. Uh-huh. Um, and during the performance, notably, during the line, you know, I'll always love you, I'll always care, Dina is gesturing. Singing to Curtis. Up at Curtis, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we also spot everybody else relevant throughout the movie. They're in the audience. Yeah. And then um, this is when I get a little teary-eyed. <laughs> She brings out Effie. She brings out Effie. Oh my god, I cried. Oh my god. Yeah. So they, so Dina says we're gonna bring out an original dream, one of the original dreams or whatever. Yeah. And she brings out Effie, and they sing like a slower like version of Dream Girls. And and not only that, but most importantly, Effie sings the lead. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Curtis comes and. S- Stands next to Magic. Yeah, because Curtis is looking down. Like, he sees Effie singing to her daughter in the front or second row. And as he looks down, he, like, he figures it out pretty quickly. When, okay, so this is when I cried. When it when Magic is crying watching her mom. Yeah, but it's the sweetest moment when, yeah, I agree. When Magic cries mm-hmm. about her mom. Yeah. And I think that's about it. Yeah, that's the movie. So what... We didn't establish earlier. What was your overall score for this one? Oh, okay. Um, 
what is my grade for this? Um, I don't know. What are you thinking? So, as I said earlier, I don't think the music is super duper memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the movie, I think it is a good movie. Musical yeah. or not, this is a good movie. Um, you know. The, I, but, I, I mean, the plot <laughs> is largely moved along with montages. It is. Which, They're montage heavy. But which, the plot, it's a good plot, and there's a yeah, lot of plot. Yes. That they achieve they in to get, a short amount of time. Well, yeah, and they have to get through X amount of it plot really quickly. It makes me really wonder, what is the stage show like? That was wondering that, too. How do they get to all of this in yeah. the stage show? Yeah. Unless they're, I mean, maybe there's just a lot, we, we go a lot deeper yeah. with the movie. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. If anyone has any insight or has seen the stage show, I know. you know, let I'd us know how, know how would they do, how do they do this? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm in a good mood. Uh-huh. I'm going to give it an A. <laughs> okay. Like, as a movie, I think I really do think it's a great movie. Yeah. I, I can't get enough of Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. in this movie. Jennifer Hudson gives mm-hmm. one of the most memorable performances yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, It's Beyonce's breakout mm-hmm. as an actress. Listen. Jamie Foxx great. is great. Yes. Uh, Anika Lo- yeah. Noni Rose is amazing. She's great. I mean, there's really a Danny Glover. He's uh-huh. he's he's fine, but he's, he's, he's great. He's, he's Danny Glover. He's Danny Glovering. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like it's the montages. The montages are the only like true negative thing I have to say about this movie, and I, it's not even really a negative. It just is. Yeah, I mean, that's how they move move the plot along. And I I agree. I think that like that's is it how... easy? A little bit. But I agree that that's the way to do it. To fit that much plot yeah. in two hours. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because I don't know how long the stage show was. I'm guessing it was, you know, longer. Um, oh, and you know that the other... the, yeah, I think you mentioned the three songs that were added. Four songs. But the, yeah, the fourth one was the, the, the Campbell Connection song that yeah. was written for the movie. Right. Perfect World. Um, and then there's also a credits song with by Beyonce and Jamie Foxx called When I First Saw You. That's super cheesy. I always forget that Jamie Foxx was a singer. Uh-huh. I don't know which came first, though. I think that he first started singing in that Ray Charles No, biopic. no, he was a singer before that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, I would say my... I don't know if I would give it an A because of the curve. I want to go B+. Give it five stars, then. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter. I, I want to give it B plus. Is where I'm going to go. I think I'm going to give it five Beyonce. <laughs> or twenty? No, I'm going to give it twenty eight Grammys. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's what. Isn't that right? Yeah, Beyonce that's just what Beyonce has. Beyonce just uh, broke the record yeah. for a number of Grammys for I a single artist. I give this movie twenty eight Grammys. Twenty eight Grammys. Um. So. Do you have any thoughts about recasting? It's absolutely not. I don't think it's even worth engaging in. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it was super recent, so it's hard to it's hard to recast. Um, no, that being said, it's only a few years older than like Moulin Rouge. That's true. I did have a couple of ideas for Dreamcast, uh, not Dreamcast. <laughs> no, go ahead <laughs> for recasting. Go ahead. Um, just a couple. I mean. 
I think that this is one this is one instance where I think that uh, I know that we say Zendaya a lot. Sure, but this time. But this t- no, I I really think that she would be a great choice for Dina. Of course, I agree. Um, for Effie, I thought about Alex Newell. I don't know who that is. Um, so he is uh, identifies as a gender nonconforming man. Okay. But was also um, he was in Glee and played a trans woman on Glee. Um. But also, like, okay. but his career as a uh, as a singer is like heavily influenced by disco. Um, has a great voice. I think would be a good Effie. Um, and he perform. You know, he performs in roles as women and men and so you're trans saying people. He would play a woman. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I think that would be good. Um, Laurel. I thought you know you know Chloe and Hallie like one of them could do Laurel. Um, they're like a sister duo that Beyonce From discovered. YouTube. Yeah. Did but, Beyonce uh, discover them? That's what JJ said. I don't think that's true. Well, you can take it up with JJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, what? Like um, the ones that were on Nashville, the TV show. They played, like, Connie Britton's daughters? No, 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 no. You're thinking of uh, Mad okay. Maddie and Tay. That's that's the best I can do. I'm not... I don't have space. Chloe and Hallie, um, they are... I don't have space in my brain for, like, another sister YouTube duo. I don't know if they were YouTube, but they... Yeah, they, they're incredible singers. Oh, are these the Chloe by Hallie people? Yeah, Chloe x Hallie. Yeah, I thought that was Chloe by Hallie. Oh, okay. Well, Hallie is the one that was cast in the new... She's going to be Ariel in the new Little Mermaid. Oh, her name is... um, Halle Bailey. (laughs) Right, and everybody freaked out. They're like, Halle Berry's going to (laughs) be Ariel? (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah, and then, like, stupid... keep up with all of this stuff? And then stupid people were annoyed about, like, you're taking away my childhood by making Ariel black. Like, I I know a, a lot of this, but I don't know how you know all these people. Um, and then, uh, did you ever see, did you ever watch The High Note? Uh. With, um, uh, I guess we're coming full, we're coming full, full circle here because, uh, what's her name? Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross, yeah. Okay, yes. Tracy. So, <laughs> Tracy, yeah. I was so sure of myself. So, if you have, Tracy did you ever Ellis watch Ross. The High Note? Um. It's Tracy Ellis Ross and, uh, Dakota Johnson. No, I, it keeps popping up on my suggested Hulu watches. That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's on, yeah, I think that's on HBO or HBO. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, but there is an actor in it who plays uh, Tracy Ellis Ross's son, and also Dakota Johnson's um, love interest. But he's a really great singer. His name is, uh, the actor's name is Kelvin Harrison Jr. Oh my gosh, it took us way too long to get here. But here we are, and he'd be a great, he'd be a good Curtis. Uh, For Michelle, I thought maybe Normani could do it. Uh, I don't know who that is either. She's from Fifth Harmony. She had the song. Oh my gosh. But she had a solo song, The Motivation. 
do 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 give you motivation. No. Okay. Anyway, that's all I had for for uh for recasting. Oh my God, I hope I hope other people know who that is. I bet I think they will. I think they will. I think they will. But <laughs> okay, so I as I said, I was not interested in trying to recast this one. Mm-hmm. However, I have some notes on. Almost casts. Okay, I love these. Yeah, me too. Um, so Usher was considered for CC. Mm-hmm. He was almost given the role, but he couldn't commit to the filming schedule. Okay. Then Andre three thousand was also <clears throat> considered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, who else? Eh, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, other fun notes. I think I mentioned this earlier. Jennifer Hudson beat out 782 other actresses Uh for this role. Um, Beyonce was the first person cast. Oh. Oh, other people considered for the role of Curtis. Mm Mm-hmm. Will Smith, Denzel Washington, and Terrence Howard. Okay. Uh, Denzel Washington said no because he can't sing. Yeah. He knows his limits. I mean, good on him for for knowing. Mm, handsome man. Mm-hmm. Also, have you seen his son? No. Oh my god. Denzel Washington's son. Yeah, you need to. Uh, Super you need hot. To him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in Tenet, and he was in Black Klansman. Okay, I haven't seen either of those. His name's like John David Washington or okay. David John Washington. It's one of the two. Uh huh. He's like Denzel Washington, but like. His, it's like he's as attractive as it sounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, those are most of my casting notes. Mm-hmm. There weren't a ton of, like, Beyonce, she really lobbied for the role of Dina. Good. Yeah. yeah. She she really wanted it, so I don't think there were a lot of considerations for that character. Yeah. Did I mention, I know I mentioned that Joel Schumacher was... At one point, going to direct. Did I mention that he wanted Lauren Hill to play Dina? No. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for 2006. Would have been a different movie. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about awards? Sure. Okay. So, for the 2007 Academy Awards, mm-hmm. um, they were nominated for a handful, but not any of the, like, Biggies, a, a couple biggies. Um, they had supporting nominations, mm-hmm. but they did not get Best Picture or Best Director. Yeah. Um, that year, it went to uh, The Departed and Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Respectively. So I'm not saying they would have won. Right. But, you know, interesting. Yeah. Um, Supporting actor, Eddie Murphy, he lost to Alan Arkin, who won for Little Miss Sunshine. Okay, Um, yeah. Jennifer Hudson, however, she won famously. Yeah. Best Supporting Actress. Who was she up against? She beat out Adriana Barraza for Babel. Also, Rinko Kikuchi for Babel. Mm -hmm. Kate Blanchett for Notes on a Scandal and Abigail Breslin for, for Little Miss Sunshine. Sunshine. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is really interesting. They had three Best Original Song nominations. Wow. Three. For and, all of the songs except for the, um, the Campbell Connection song. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> for Listen, Love You, I Do, and Patience. Mm-hmm. 
And they all lost to, I bet you will never guess which movie. 2007. Yeah, so think like movies that came out in 2006. I mean, you're never going to guess I'm not going to guess it. Go ahead. <laughs> An Inconvenient Truth. <laughs> okay. It was a song by Melissa Etheridge called I Need to Wake Up. Okay, sure. Um, all three of those songs lost to that song. Wow. It was also nominated for Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, and Sound Mixing. Uh, sound Mixing, it did win. So it won two, two Academy lost. Awards. It won, yeah, it only won two. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Golden Globes, it did a little bit better. It won Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Right. Which usually in this category, if there is a musical that is like... That's any anything good. It's going to win up against a comedy. Yeah. But listen to this. I mean, 2006 was a good year for movies. Mm-hmm. We had Borat, mm-hmm. Devil Wears Prada, Ooh, mm-hmm. Little Miss Sunshine, and Thank You for Smoking. Wow. But, like, those are all good movies. Yeah. I mean, Borat is a little overplayed these days, but you got to think back to a time where you had never seen Borat before. And I could even have seen Little Miss Sunshine winning in this category, too. I mean, it was really critically acclaimed at the time. Um, Best Actress, Beyonce was nominated. Mm -hmm. And this is Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy. Yes. She lost to Meryl Streep. She's like, duh, fair. For Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you have to lose... Like, you want to lose to Meryl Streep. Who was it that won the Oscar and said, I beat Meryl? Who was that? Oh, my. Was it Anne Hathaway? <laughs> no. She said, it came true. I know, but I could just see <laughs> Anne Hathaway sing, saying that to you. Was it Jennifer Lawrence? It sounds like something so, Jennifer yeah, Lawrence Yeah, maybe it was. Do. Yeah. I don't remember who did it. Or was it someone unexpected? I can look it up. I think it was Jennifer Lawrence. Five dollars. <laughs> I'm just gonna Google. Yeah. I beat Meryl. It's Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, I. You can. You can vent, mommy. By okay. What did we bet? Five dollars. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um. For. Uh. Best supporting actress. Jennifer Hudson won that one. And and I want to know, at the Golden Globes, the supporting categories are not broken up by musical, comedy, or drama. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's from the whole pool. Yeah. So at that one, Jennifer Hudson beat out, again, Adriana Barraza, Kate Blanchett, uh, Rinko Kikuchi. I have to watch Babel. I've never seen it. And everyone got nominated. Yeah. Um, and then Emily Blunt. Oh, so Abigail Breslin was not nominated for the Golden Globe. Not for the... Well, um, no, she was nominated for Best Actress. Oh. Right? Yeah. Interesting. No, no, no. no. Well, I think she was. I I actually don't know, but I think she was. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was for Supporting Actress. Yeah. And then for Best Supporting Actor, this time, Eddie Murphy did win. Okay. Um, He beat Ben Affleck for Hollywood Land. Didn't see it. Don't Didn't, remember it. Don't care. Yeah. Don't recall that at all. Yeah. Jack Nicholson for The Departed, which is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt for Babel. More Babel. 
uh, and Mark Wahlberg for The Departed. Uh-huh. Yeah, The Departed. I mean, that's... The, I love The Departed. The Departed was, like, a huge critical hit. No, I really like it, though. Yeah, like, I think it's I've a only, fun movie. I've only seen it once. I I don't like that much oh, violence. But the Departed is one of those movies where if I see it on TV, like, I stop what I'm doing and I watch it. Yeah. I love it. It's just... Uh, it's a lot of violence for me, but... Do you like Goodfellas? I don't think I've ever even seen Goodfellas. I it's, just am it's not, also like... quite violent. I'm just not really... Uh, mob movies are not but really my thing. sometimes... But sometimes... They are universal. Yeah, I would say beyond those elements. I said of the of the mob movies that I've seen, I think The Departed is probably my favorite. But you don't like it. <laughs> but I don't love violence. <laughs> um, last note uh, for the Golden Globes: uh-huh. Best Original Song nomination for "Listen." Yeah, it lost to. The Song of My Heart, written and performed by Prince for Happy Feet. Okay. Not familiar, but it's Prince, so I say yeah. makes sense. It was probably a legacy award. You know you know how they do that. Mm, possibly, yeah. Yeah, they'll just like... I mean, he was alive, yeah. 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 I don't think he died until 2016. Um, so... So for Tony's, like I said, it won for Best Book, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Featured Actor, Best Choreography, and Best Lighting Design. Yeah, it mm-hmm. did well. Mm-hmm. But, so anyway, well, maybe better at the Tonys. But... Yeah, I think it, yeah, it definitely did better at the Tonys. Yeah. Still didn't win for Best Musical, but... No. You know, what are you going to do? I don't know. I gave it... I gave it 28 Grammys. So. <laughs> it did win one Grammy. Um, all well, right. Tw- 29 now. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? Eh, I could, but I won't. Okay. Yeah. It's, I feel like this is done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had some other notes about, you know, Broadway production, but none of them are very interesting. Eh, this is done. I gave you what I I gave you what I could. Anyway, we can you be done. You get what you get. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Um, we have, I think, just a few more episodes. Three more left. Three more left in this season. Yeah. Which you know, who knows how long the season break is going to be. So. Thank you, everybody, again from We Own This Town. This has been. The Hills Are Alive. <laughs> A movie musical. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you don't want to say it together. Uh, we can. <laughs> no, you go ahead. A mov- we can. Let's do it together. A movie the musical, musical podcast. <laughs> and make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Hills Are Alive Pod. <laughs>